Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast. Adding another personality to our pro series. I told you last week we had brought on EC3, Deanna Perrazzo, Jason Kincaid. All I assume are better fantasy football players than this man. You know him from a little bit of everywhere. Uh, TNA, WWE, WCW, Shane Helms, Gregory Helms, The Hurricane. How are you? What's going on, man? You need to work on that introduction because I believe I am leading you in this fantasy football. I should be number two, but because of the uh, it's weird, isn't it? Our the rankings, yeah, I'm number three for whatever reason, but I should be number two. Our playoff structure is super weird. Either way, I made it. You you get a bye week, I think. Uh, do I? I thought only the top two did. Do I get one? Oh, then you don't. Maybe we're playing each other this week. I don't know. But the thing is, the two best teams are in it, like because uh, we got what twelve teams? Is that right? How many? Do yeah, we have? twelve. So anyway, uh, so it's broke up, broken up into uh, either seven or six, and the two best teams are from in the same half. So that means like they're trying to split it up and block me. <laughs> I'm trying to pick it up. I got to look at my phone. I'm either playing. way, I'm playing. Either way, I beat you earlier this year. Uh, you cheated though. Was that uh was that the week where half my team had to buy a week? Everybody's got. It was like the second week. It was the second week. Uh, was it the second or the first? Bye weeks. No, 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 I'm talking about like when my quarterback had a bye, my running back had a bye. Like, oh, in one league, I'm in an 18-team auction league, and I lost my number one tight end, re- running back, and wide receiver, Keenan Allen and Rob Gronkowski. It's it's rough out there in the streets, Shane Helms. That happened to me. I think the uh, the sec- I've only been playing. This is only my fourth year. Every the whole time you've yeah. been in this league from the beginning, right? Yeah, I think this is my fourth year in the Canyon Cup, yeah. Yeah, so I've never played fantasy football before this one. So. Me uh, either. I think it was the second season. Second, or it might have been last year, which is they started dropping like flies. I had a good draft, you know, got that A-plus rating in the draft or whatever, and then the uh, injury bug just took everybody out. So, you know, the pterodactyls were uh, living up to their name and becoming extinct. But this year this year's doing pretty good. That's an interesting league. We have some former UFC fighters, some – 
people have been in Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE, of course, me, the most famous of them all. Uh, <laughs> we have a guy who tries to be a comedian, Josh Sneed. Don't know, don't know how funny he is uh, because he hasn't made me laugh yet in this, in this fantasy football league until I take a look at his roster. Then I laugh real hard. I think, but, Luke, uh, I think Luke Hawks might be the worst fantasy football player of all time. Oh, he's terrible. He just drafts, real bad. He just drafts the New Orleans Saints. He just drafts the team that he pulls for. That's yeah, Drew Brees and whoever, you know. So we got plenty to talk about today, and we didn't plan a damn thing. We just got on this. We came to an agreement with Shane today and decided to to run this show. I got to ask you this. Yeah. I was watching TNA Impact last week, and Jade does this psychotic dive off the top of a cage. We've never seen that from a woman in pro wrestling, and this is a, a very interesting age for women – in pro wrestling, I mean, maybe I think maybe Gail Kim's done that before, but um, how does that get brought up backstage? Uh, I think anytime there's a cage in this in this modern age of, of pro wrestling, if there's a cage, somebody's jumping off of it. You know, I tell you, uh, I was an agent on one of Jeff Hardy's match, and one of the uh, higher ups came to me and said, uh, "Man, we need to try to keep him from jumping off this cage." And I just looked, <laughs> I just looked right at him and said. Y'all put him in this cage, not me. You put him in a cage, he's jumping off the damn cage. Uh, as far as the girls doing, it was just a matter of time. You know, the athleticism, just like for the guys, the athleticism uh, in, in this industry is getting higher and higher and higher. And the same thing for the women now. It isn't just the, the models anymore. You know, there's some super talented girls out there. And, uh, you know, uh, Jade, Mia Yim, she, she's not afraid, man. And uh, that was good. I was uh, – the last time I seen that here in – um. Uh, TNA and the six sides was uh, actually when T. Gray Uno did it on Trevor Lee, and I was on the floor watching it happen. And after after that match, I told me I said I think yours was actually better. He just said uh, she held she held form a little bit longer, um, and it was good. That was a really good match, man. You know, my hats off to those girls. It was that but was no, beautiful. That's as good of a cross body from a cage I've ever seen. Like it was even on Rosemary's part. Like she took care of of Jade too. That was. That was phenomenal. Um, also, and, they remember- so, and they sold it. All you young kids out there doing that shit, and you just jump up like it don't hurt when it really does. But yeah, I, they, they, those girls did great. I actually used that picture of you watching T. Gray Uno, I think when we played fantasy football earlier this year. I posted it on Twitter, and I was like, when Shane finds out he's got to face Sean Ross Sapp in fantasy football. I think I think that was the week I didn't even adjust my roster because I took it so lightly. <laughs> I played four Come kickers. On. I played four kickers and three defenses. They switched to Yahoo. I'm going to make the playoffs every year now. That's just how it happened. That's how it's going to go down. Why is that? Uh, Rosemary, the new TNA Knockouts champion. Now, we had not seen a lot of Rosemary competing in TNA before this. Uh, from from an agent's perspective, you cool with them putting the title on somebody like that? I mean, she's been one of the most remarkable characters on that show. Yeah, I thought the story was good. The talent's there, the personality's there, you know. Um, you know, so uh, I always view our championships as, you know, to me, they're not just a prop, like uh, some people like to say. I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I guess the ring is just a prop, too. It's pretty hard to do a wrestling show without it. But, uh, you know, I try to view our championships, especially, you know, the, the top tier ones, you know, the world title. Uh, the, the, and for the women, the uh, knockouts title. Um, it's not just a prop. You need to earn it. You need to deserve it. It's, for for me in pro wrestling, I look at it like it's our Oscars, it's our Grammys, it's our Emmys. 
So it needs to go to people that deserve it, not just to try to use the belt to get the personal. I think the person should be over before they even get put in that opportunity. So um, and Rosemary's there, you know, she's a, uh, I don't think she's struck out at anything since she's been in TNA. I didn't know any, I didn't know her or I don't recall meeting her. And if I have met her, she hasn't mentioned it um, since uh, she's been in TNA. So the only, you know, the totality of my knowledge of her comes from her TNA existence and experience. But I mean, she's doing it. Uh, the decay, the decay stuff is over as hell. She does great. Anytime uh, she needs to be there for something, she's there. And I mean, the promos are good. Stories are good. She, you know, she does uh, what's asked of her and goes above and beyond. So I got no problems with her being champ whatsoever. Big fan of the entrance theme too. Say that again. I really dig that. I'm a big fan of the entrance theme too. The Marilyn Manson. That's good stuff. I didn't understand so, what you said. You kind of went up and down there, a little wave oh, across said, the screen. I said that uh, I'm a big fan of the the entrance mu- music, the the Marilyn oh, Manson yeah. that they got. It fits them so perfectly. Like those music videos that they put out, a lot of those vignettes I could I could care couldn't care less about. But those I really liked them. It really set the table for me. Like okay, these guys. And plus, you know, the extra mile of getting a Marilyn Manson song was kind of cool too. Yeah, that's great, man. That that song that's one of the hottest interests in the business right now. You know, Marilyn Manson's a is a unique character. I actually met him on the set of uh, Ready to Rumble, and he was with Paul. He was with Paul Rubens, no less. So that's a <laughs> that's a Motley crew. I don't even know what was going on there, but um, yeah, I love I love that video. And I think uh, I think Billy Corgan actually helped with that deal as far as getting the Marilyn Manson uh, music video. So, will that change? Will you all still be able to do that even with him not there? I doubt he'll help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would hope so. You know, I wish that that relationship was still there and had never soured. I like Billy Corgan a lot. I liked all parties involved and no party had ever did anything bad with me. So, um, uh, you know, so I kind of hate that situation uh, with the way it did. But now now that it's all done and, the uh, you know, we're aiming in a certain direction, that's where we got to go. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the people I talked to said that he made a, a very good impression backstage, which which is good because well, he he'd been involved in the wrestling business before with Resistance, and he appeared for TNA. But that that's always good if somebody from outside the business can come in and make that type of positive impression. Yeah, yeah, I mean he was a good guy, you know. And uh, so I met him before. I, I actually met him when I was in WCW. Uh, we did a show in Chicago, and I met him there. So I've known Billy for uh, quite a long time, and. Uh, had a good relationship with him. I loved his passion, loved his creativity. Like anybody in a creative situation, you know, not all, not all ideas are going to be home runs, but, you know, they never are for anybody. Um, but I liked a lot of stuff that he came up with, and, uh, you know, I said I like him as a person. You know, he's still my friend, and that's not going to change. Another one of the things I'm really liking from Impact is the EC3 Eli Drake stuff, where Eli Drake can't talk. <laughs> uh, I wish that applied backstage, actually. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think Eli's came a long way. You know, I didn't know a lot. I didn't even hear a lot about him when he was doing the NXT stuff or the developmental stuff, you know, as uh, whether, I don't know if he was there when it was just Florida, but um, I didn't hear a lot about him though. So I didn't know a lot about the guy, but watching him progress in TNA has been good, man. There's a, there's a lot of potential there. He's a, he's a, he could be a star in the making. Well, he is a star in the making. Just, uh, we got to get that star blazing, you know, and EC3's, EC3 is great, man. He he's really good, uh, and he's just getting better too. So he's going to be fighting those two guys. I had said this on an old podcast, but I know that uh, Eli Drake had done like a little show with The Rock, and it's like 
almost like he caught a little bit of that by osmosis because man, he is such a fantastic talker. Well, you can say so you natural. can tell in his work that he, uh, you know, he, he he likes the rock, you know. But that happens to a lot of guys. You know, I think just about everybody. If you come up as a fan in the business, you kind of whether intentional or not, intentional or not, you start to emulate the people that you like the most, you know. So uh, you can see a little bit uh, of the rock and some of the stuff that he does. Also, I liked how AC3 backstage, he said, listen, I'm going to get this title. And then if you ever want the shot, just say the word. But he can't talk. Yeah, yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, you know, I wish uh, TNA right now really is, you know, I know when every time I say it, I get all the flag that I'm only saying it because I work there. But, man, I think TNA is really, you know, killing it right now as far as the show. The show itself is good. It's just like today's fan is so wrapped up in the business aspect of everything that uh, it makes them not enjoy the show sometimes. And they focus in on that. Like, I wish they focused on the show a little bit more than, you know, whatever rumor and innuendo, to quote Bruce Pritchard and Brad Thompson, um, to quote them, uh, you know, they they focus on that stuff, you know, and we can't, we ain't got nothing to do with that, you know. And I've told the talent there ever since I've been there and I felt the same way when I was in WCW toward the end. We can't, we're not in any of these business meetings. We're not dealing with any of these lawyers. What we handle is what happens in that ring and what goes out on there. So let's focus on that and have a good time. So the locker room is fun. You know, it's a good place. And uh, like I said, the, the show's killing it. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty fair. You you don't shy away from talking about WWE, about MMA, anything anything like that. So No, I, I, like I think it, man, I, I love combat sports. You know, I think I told you anytime I can see somebody getting knocked the fuck out, <laughs> as long as it's not me. I'm all for it. I just saw, uh, did you just see Aldo's manager or trainer or something do a flying knee on somebody and knock his ass to oblivion? I didn't. I yeah. didn't, but I saw, on, I saw on Facebook that you posted the Gerald Harris slam that I've been over the moon about all week. I'm going to tell you, too, uh, it's a nice slam, but I think if you think about that, that might be the most dangerous way to get knocked out uh, uh, to me. Yeah. Like getting hit in the back of the head, how that whiplash happens anyway. Uh, and your brainstem is back there. That's actually probably the more dangerous than getting just punched in the head and stuff like that. That getting your head bounced off the bat and that mat with such force that it, you know, sends you astral traveling, as they say, is uh, it looked dangerous. But it's one of those things where you know knockouts are just awesome, man. That's uh, that appeals to the monkey and all of us, man. No matter who you are, you see somebody get knocked out. You know, even if you're not a violent person. It's just like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I guess it's cool. You know, it's cool. Everybody knows. Did you ever see the one that Gerald Harris did at UFC 116? It was the same exact slam. Who did he do that one on? David Branch, who is now a two-division weight champion in World Series of Fighting. It was the night of Lesnar Carwin, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I I saw it because I I saw that card. I I don't recall it. He did the same thing. The guy was a jiu-jitsu guy. He pulled guard. And Gerald Harris took his arm. And what Gerald Harris does that's different than a lot of people, well, one, you shouldn't be pulling standing guard in MMA, period, uh, ever, even if there's a fire. But he posts his forearm on their face. That way he makes sure that their head bounces off the mat. Now, I don't know if you know the background of this fight last weekend, Shane, but this was Gerald's first fight in three years. He was cut from the UFC for a really bad reason. They didn't give him fights in World Series of Fighting, so he just retired. What's up? He came out of retirement. Hey, what's Gerald's nickname, by the way? Hurricane. Oh, God. I'm just, what? What? You just now putting that together? It took you this long? Man. 
Well, he came, he came out of retirement, fought for the first time in three years against his hometown fans. This dude that he fought had been calling him out on Twitter nonstop. Like, he's a comedian now, so he kept, the uh-huh. dude kept calling him a clown and all this. He showed up, Shane, 54 pounds overweight. <laughs> what, what weight class was he supposed to be in? Welterweight. He weighed in at 224 pounds. And then they, how, how much did the other guy weigh? Well, Gerald found out, started to try to gain weight, and he weighed in at 189. Oh, oh I was going to say, you, I thought you meant Gerald showed up that much. I was like, I couldn't believe no, that. No. Like, damn, he's not that the big. The opponent. And then <laughs> Gerald had to get up somehow to 208 pounds so they would sanction the fight at heavyweight. <laughs> Let me ask you. So, so uh, weigh in. What was the final weight? 224 for Aaron Cobb, 208 for Gerald Harris. How far in advance did Gerald know that he didn't have to make 170? That he didn't have to make 170, I would say a day or two before, and then they were going to settle at middleweight, and then he found out that wasn't happening. Then they had settled on light heavyweight, and he found out that wasn't happening. So he was supposed to weigh in at 170. He himself weighed in at 189. So, But, I mean, still, that's 20 pounds that he had to add between then and the next day before they would sanction it at heavyweight. Wow. You, you wrestled amateur. Do you ever have anybody come in 54 pounds overweight, Shane? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I never had any weight issues. You know, um, I know myself there was one week where, for whatever reason, I thought we had an off week. Like, oh, no. Uh, and uh, so it was like – and this was my uh, first year, too. My first year, I, I was one over three was the weight class. So – and initially, I didn't even have to make weight. I was a pretty small kid. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as the season progressed and, you know, uh, you start bulking up a little bit just because you're working out so much, the muscles start growing a little bit. So I know this week, yeah, my muscles, the, the, the one muscle I had. Um, and so I was 108 on that Monday, and it was <laughs> we had to wrestle that Tuesday. So I had to had to lose five pounds. And on that frame, I just didn't, you know, it's not five pounds hardly to lose. So I had to do the the trash bags and they're running all day and spinning oh, yeah. the cups and it was just awesome, you know. But I remember one time Daniel Strauss and Bellator cut his dreadlocks off to make weight. Yeah, it's, it's, he said it, he said it. It took about a pound, a pound and a half. That's some dirty ass hair, is what that is. Uh, yeah, it was. It looked pretty heavy. It looked pretty dense. The uh, you know, once I got out of out of high school, I wrestled three years out of high school too, doing Greco-Roman and freestyle tournaments. And I would kind of keep my weight down, you know, uh, I would just keep it under control. You know, I wasn't like dieting as hard as I was through the season. But uh, looking back, I don't think that's the healthiest thing for kids to do. You know, I don't think you need to be really uh, cutting that much weight because, you know, I, I walk around now about 220, you know. And so I wonder, like, how bad did I stunt my growth as far as uh, uh, that? Because that's a very, you know, important time in, 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 in like I, for girls, too, at that particular time when you're growing and developing, you know, so I wonder how big I could have been as far as, you know, my actual stature and stuff if I hadn't malnourished the shit out of myself for all those years. Yeah, there's there's a big movement in MMA to kind of scale back on the weight cutting in general. As, as Pat Militich said about Aaron Cobb, he missed weight by a fifth grader. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some guys. If you saw Gray Maynard the other night, they uh, oh, he looked horrible. He looked horrible. That guy, um, he does it all the time. Diesel, 
whom Riggs, you know Joe what I mean? Riggs. He used to be yeah. 260 pounds. And you see before every fight when he weighs in, he looks like Skeletor. He just looks terrible. Yep. So uh, there's no way that can be helped. You know, I, ju- I just can't imagine it is. I was watching, there was a, something on the HBO. I think it was HBO. It was on one of the movie channels. And it was about Kat Zagano. And it showed yeah. like one of her cuts and like people are in a, in a room and they're just helping her to her feet. And she's just so depleted, you know, and, uh, and I mean, I got to imagine you're probably, you know, 80% of the fighters go through that. You know, I don't think big country has to deal with that too much, you know, <laughs> or the beast or the black beast who's fighting. Oh this man, week. he's great. Yeah. 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 He's fighting Friday in Albany. Yeah. Oh, is that, what is that? I, um, I, I text him too. Like I text, not text him. I tweeted him that the black beast in this whole and because uh, he said that in a promo, he just gets. Uh, I think it was after yeah. the after the uh, Roy Nelson fight. He said Black Beast up in this hoe or something. I started laughing, so I had to tweet him that. He said he's going to get some shirts made. So. Oh man, that brings me to my next point uh, to stay on the MMA topic for a little bit. Chris Cyborg, the last couple of weeks, has been doing interviews saying, "I'm going to leave the UFC if they don't create a weight division for me." And it was a pretty empty threat, Shane, because. Vince or not Vince Dana White went on UFC unfiltered and said we tried to create a weight division for her we offered her Holly Holm a month and a half ago and she turned it down we offered her Jermaine Duran to me for the second time last month at 145 pounds for a title and she didn't want it Cyborg says that she has to let her body recover from a weight cut now this, this is the first fighter I've ever heard make that excuse before ever I mean like if, if you got to recover from injuries I hear that all the time you don't hear a lot saying they're trying to recover from a weight cut, and we've seen some people that have made some pretty pretty scary ones. Anthony Johnson used to make 170, if you remember yeah. that. Rashad, did you see Rashad's picture? And, oh, uh, yeah. he, did, he, got, he got pulled out, but I think he's down to 185 now. Is that right, middleweight? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that means, recover from a, you know, a, I mean, unless she just hurt her organ or something. She had, like, I mean, you can have, you can have, have uh, liver issues uh, with, with that kind of, uh, and I, I think there's some kind of pancreatic issues you can have with um, mm-hmm. those kind of drastic weight loss. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, say no, but, um, you know, I mean, I think she's done some things to make herself get that big too. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of on her. And she says that she turned down the fight because it was eight to 10 weeks of a, of a weight cut. And Dana White says, if you can't make the weight that you compete at in eight to 10 weeks, you probably shouldn't be fighting there either. What, what do you think of that? I mean, that sounds, that sounds about right. You know, um, I don't think you can make a division for one person. I mean, are there a bunch of girls out there that are at that weight class that have a skill level uh, that deserves to be in the UFC? Um, I don't. I don't know if there if there is. Then yeah, they should have another weight class. But um, I'll, I'll I'll take a look at this division <laughs> real quick, real quick, uh, because it's it's. Not good. You've got like five fighters, and now this is the top ten. There are a couple of top tens. There's Fight Matrix, and there's MMA Rising, which is considered the unified women's rankings. Half those women are in Bellator right now, so they're gone. You're not getting them. Um, then there are three or four others. There's Megan Anderson, Charmaine Tweet. Uh, let's see, uh, Daria. I can't even remember how to pronounce her last name. They're available, but. Cyborg's already beaten all them. The number ten woman in this division has five fights. Shane. Yeah, it's not it's not deep enough to create a whole division around. So. And Megan Anderson's if, bad. I like her. If but. CM Punk was a one hundred and forty five pound woman, he would be ranked number fifteen in that division. 
There you go. I think after that last fight, he, he looked like one. <laughs> what did you now, think of that? I didn't win the way I predicted. Yeah, I thought it would. You know, uh, yeah. I, I like Phil a lot. And, I mean, I'll, I'll watch him fight again if uh, if he fights, man. It was a, it's exciting. He's a charismatic guy. Uh, and just to see him go on the journey and be brave enough to do that shit, man. You know, it's easy to make jokes like I just said. You know, it's very easy to sit back in and, and, and do. Man, but it's a, it's a whole nother world to get out there and try to do it. But you know, he he you know he went for it. So, but grappling was, grappling takes years. You know, unless you're yeah. just one of these rare anomalies that happen once in a lifetime. Grappling, you know, and jujitsu is in that family uh, but, uh, of wrestling and stuff like that. But that takes you that takes years to perform. I think if you got serious power, striking can come pretty easy. You know, because it only takes one punch. And he had a puncher's chance. Every fighter does. But, uh, you know, he went out there standing kind of tall against a wrestler and, you know, got taken down and taken out. And that went, that went exactly the way I thought it was going to. I don't know. I mean, it lasted a little Gall, longer. But. Gall was a brown belt, so he's been training the ground game for eight years mm-hmm. against the guy who started last year. Now, I, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, I could have done better than CM Punk. No, you probably couldn't have. He trained for a year and a half at one of the top places in the world. A lot and, of people couldn't have got through the training. Yeah. The fact that the CM Punk the lasted, part. Yeah. CM Punk lasted two minutes with a guy he probably shouldn't have lasted 40 seconds with. There was a radio host that was interviewing Mickey Gall recently. It was about a month or two ago. And he was – I think he had said something like, oh, I could do better. And, like, it was this weird, like, environment where there were, like, 30 people around. And they were like, we'll do it. They started him in mount on Mickey Gall, and it took Mickey Gall 15 seconds to roll out of mount and guillotine this guy. Uh, so, I mean. That, Mickey's that another badass, man, you know. Who you got in the fight with him and Sage, Northcutt? Uh, you, you, you went out on me there. I couldn't hear that last part. Who do you have in the fight with him and Sage, Northcutt? <laughs> it's going up, like, up and down again. I can see you. You're like whole heads moving ah. up and down. Uh, who do you have in the Mickey Gall versus Sage Northcutt fight? Uh, I'm going to take Mickey Gall again, you know. I, I haven't seen any weaknesses from him, so. Um, That's true. That's uh, a good point. Sage Northcutt, evidently he's pretty good, you know. I mean, you look at him, he doesn't look like he's taking too much damage. So, uh, I mean, evidently he's good, uh, elusive at least, and doesn't get doesn't get hit too much. That's one of those things when you always hear a fighter goes, you know, he's able to take a lot of damage. Like the only way, <laughs> the only way they know that is if you take a lot of damage. So it's one of those things where they're just searching for a, a compliment to give you, but it's not necessarily a good compliment. Like, hey, that guy takes a good ass whipping. Like that's not, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But, um, so you got, uh, so uh, he doesn't look like he takes too much damage. So who knows? I think, but uh, I think. Just based on the stuff I've seen, I've seen more from Mickey Gall. So. Did you watch the Mighty Mouse fight this weekend? Yeah, yeah. What, what did you think of James Ellsworth taking a round from him? Uh, I, it might have been the first round I've seen him losing forever, you know, that I can even yeah. recall, you know. So, uh, uh, <laughs> James Ellsworth. That, that was good, man. That guy, you know, uh, Elliot, that fall hard, and. Uh, it, it was pretty – it was entertaining, you know, uh, to, to the very end. And they needed a good ending to that fight after that Ryan Hall, um, Greg Maynard fight. So. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, because if you're watching that fight with a couple of casuals, you know, and I had a couple of casuals over, they were just like ready to, you know, never watch MMA ever again. 
And I was like, no, it's just that guy's style. I know it. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Pretty boring watching this guy people roll say, around. People say flips and rolls isn't realistic when they watch cruiserweights wrestle. Then you see Ryan Hall now when, doing somersaults and dives for legs all day. I've seen clips of him, you know, do that roll into that ankle lock and uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and destroy people with it. And, I mean, more than just one or two, you know, so it, it works. But, you know, that would just wasn't a, uh, you know, styles make fights. Styles make fights. And uh, those two styles didn't make for a good fight, you know. Um, I don't know why Maynard, you know, there in the third round, he started kicking him a lot while he was down there. I was like, why didn't he just do that the whole time? If he did that the whole time, he'd have been seen as the more busy and active yep. fighter. And I think he could have won that fight. But just staring at the guy and letting him up every time, you know, that was nothing. That was very passive and not really doing anything. And I'm sure, obviously, it was frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. I can't imagine how frustrating it was to be in. But, uh, I know I don't, you know, in our business, we always talk about charisma and what it really is. And nobody really knows what it is. But whatever it is, Ryan Hall is the opposite of it. <laughs> the complete opposite. Oh, man. Miz uh, gave Dean Ambrose a participation participation award last night. Did you see that? No, no, I missed, uh, missed SmackDown. So, so Miz uh, has Dean Ambrose on Miz TV. It says, you didn't win the WWE title, but I'll give you this. And he gives him a participation plaque. Now, the best thing about this, Shane, is it didn't even – it wasn't even on the show. What the, the best part of it was somebody went into Dean's Wikipedia and under his championships added the Miz Participation Award <laughs> to the list. <laughs> oh, man. I saw, too, like uh, – what was the fight? The guy got his toe caught in a cage. And Jake Ellenberger. Ellen, yeah, and I, I know Jake, you know, and – um. Uh, so shout out to Jake, but uh, somebody went on Wikipedia and put that he lost to the cage to a toehold. Yeah. At Wikipedia, well, you, you a, can't trust it. You did a segment with me like uh, several months ago as I was launching the site, Wikipedia True or False, where we like ran down the, the, the trues and the falses of all this stuff. When I did it with EC3, here was a funny thing. Like I always ask the weight because, you know, the weight is exaggerated in pro wrestling. Uh-huh. His said 246, and he couldn't believe it. He's like, I've never been above 225. So He's after that got published, that's what he says. And uh, he said, I'm 221, so public- I'm 221 right now, and he looks way bigger than I do. Hey, man. I'm deceptively big, though. Yeah, that's I'm one, true. I'm one of the guys that uh, most of the time in wrestling, people go, oh, you look big on TV. I'm one of the ones that I look big in life. But I think everybody, because all the uh, cruiserweights, you know, all the in WWF and WWE, 
I went against all the big guys all the time. So everybody thought I was like Ray Mysterio's size because I was yeah. in there with Kane and Big Show and all those guys all the time. And so they didn't really see me in life. And I'm right at six foot. And they're like, well, you're a little bit bigger than they think. They think I'm, you know, Shannon Moore or something. So. I, oh, I noticed that a lot. I'll tell a story about that in a, in a moment. Uh, but after I published that article where EC3 revealed it was 225, somebody went and edited it and changed it from 246 to 252. But I remember who I ever did was with Al Snow, and he wasn't the biggest in the Attitude Era. You didn't look mm -hmm. at him like that's a big guy. No. Then, and, and at the time, I was cutting weight for, for grappling tournaments, so I was probably like – back then, I was probably like – I was trying to make 149.9, so I was cutting dangerous amounts of weight. And there he is, however big he is. His arm yeah. is like the size of my torso because yeah. he's on that – He's on that diet. The, I don't know the torso, the torso diet, the 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 torso replacement therapy diet. The uh, the first time <laughs> I ever noticed that from anybody was Robert Gibson. Like you, you know, Rock and Roll Express. You won't think they're that big. Robert's still big now, but uh, I mean, you and he'll be on a total nonstop deletion coming up on December fifteenth. Oh, wow. That's going to be phenomenal. Uh, we, we'll get to, we'll talk about that more in detail uh, later, but. Um, yeah, I was a referee the first time I saw them. I was uh, 15, 16 years old or whatever, refereeing one of their matches. And I, I just remember I was, like, trying to push him back to the corner, and he was gigantic. I mean, Robert's 245, you know, 250. Maybe I don't know if he's 250, but 240, 245, I think. 206 is heavyweight in MMA. Yeah. A lot of people don't even realize that. Yeah. Like, Wasn't Mike – I think Mike Tyson at his, like, most fierce was, like, 218. Yeah. That's why when I would hear your boy Vince Russo talk about how that is size and your boy is definitely your boy. He would talk about how size and things like that matter. I'm like, man, all these Shawn Michaels was a heavyweight in MMA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was a heavyweight, and he was like back then. There were people saying, "Well, he's too small." I'm like, a damn no. I, I would like for my pro wrestlers to not have their hearts explode at 35. Let's maybe I mean, I scale it back. Nice. And and we are seeing that now. It's being scaled back a lot more now. A little, a little bit, but it's naturally going to get bigger again. I think too, because I think human beings are just bigger now. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and not, of course, in some bad ways, as we all know. But I mean, if you look at every NBA team, I mean, back in the day, if you had a guy that was seven two or something or seven foot, you know, wow, that was unique. I mean, those seven footers everywhere now. It's just not a big. It's not as unique as it used to be. You know, and there's, I know people, there are a lot of people that don't believe in evolution, although that shit is just happening right before your eyes, you know, on a very small scale at the moment. But, um, yeah, there are, I mean, people, you know, sports nutrition and sports science is really advancing too, you know, and uh, I think once they really start tampering with the uh, DNA splicing stuff, you know, and that whole gene therapy, I, they probably are going to just, you know, make people in factories that are just warriors ready to beat the shit out of people. The the irony is we don't see like Yokozunas or Vaders anymore. Like I've when's the last time we saw a guy well, Yokozuna was special too. Yeah. Just how he was able to do that. But well, we got a guy like Braun Strowman who has turned yeah. some heads. He's he's been surprising. Yeah, he's like, big. I mean, look at Tyrus. Tyrus is a gigantic another one that's you know pretty pretty athletic. Uh if you look on the Indies at Congo Kong guys, pretty you know, he's athletic as hell, really big boy. Uh Boy James is a big. He's a 
you know, big bastard. He's getting bigger too. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, I was just in, it was in Europe somewhere. I, I, I forget where, but I, I had a six man and it was me, Carlito and boy James against three other guys. And, uh, we were all bigger than they were. I was bigger than they were. And I'm the smallest one on my team. But, you know, putting this match together, you know, it's kind of, we kind of agreed. All right, you know, uh, boy James being the lesser known of, of the three of us, he's going to take the heat. And he, man, you know, and too, now he's getting all pumped up for the match. And when he got in there, and I was sitting there talking to Carlito in the corner, I was like, look, did he get bigger? Like, he was so much bigger than those guys. I was like, man, we just need to switch this shit up. Ain't nobody going to buy this. But, you know, it's one of the, you know, uh, the European crowds now really, they're just so hyped and, and excited about everything now. They just want to see us do anything. So, um, and they want to see good wrestling as long as it's good. So, it, it, what didn't end up being a bigger deal. But just, you know, just looking at him as opposed to like an average human being, that's a big, that's a big boy. Yeah. A lot of pro wrestlers are like that. Like, you just don't realize how big they are in person. I remember there was a Chris Rock stand-up thing during the Kobe Bryant rape situation, and he said, everybody thinks Kobe is all cute and cuddly, and that's because every time you see him, he's standing next to Shaq on the yeah, basketball yeah. court. He said whenever he takes the stand, his grasshopper legs are going to come up past his knees. <laughs> Hand on the Bible, the whole Bible's going to disappear. Yeah. Like, then people are going to be scared. You just don't realize when you see those people how big they are, and the the only place I've seen like pro wrestlers look normal size is when I go I go watch the NXT thing at the Arnold Classic every year because yeah. everybody there is practically walking around with a needle hanging out of their ass. So you see pro wrestlers and it's like, well, they they look more impressive because you can tell it's not as manufactured per so, se. You know what maybe, I mean? Maybe they're all diabetics, man. Why why are you judging? <laughs> and they just take insulin in the, in the um. There was a good know, diabetic think, think, joke. There was a good diabetic joke in relation to that Aaron Cobb guy. They said, because I said something like, he, you know, he, he's probably never going to get a fight again. He's going to keep eating. He's going to be a diabetic. And somebody said, well, then maybe his feet will fall off and he can make weight. Damn. <laughs> right? That's sinister. Yeah. I met, I met Bob Sura once. Bob Sura played uh, for the Houston. No, he played for the Spurs, I think. I think. Or, or the Houston Rockets, one of those teams. But he played yeah. for Florida State, and I used to watch him during college because he was an ACC boy. And being, you know, and like a, in the NBA, he just looks like he's about, you know, 5'8", eight, five, nine. <laughs> and six and a half feet tall. Yeah, damn, 6'6". Six, six. Like, God, damn, how big is everybody else? 6'6", six, six and 200 pounds. Hey, all, so men, while, all men are created equal. So while Shawn Michaels was a heavyweight in MMA, Bobby Sura would have been a light heavyweight. I guess. I guess. Man. Yeah, I remember him. Yep. Lita is gone from the WWE. Are you surprised that they made that move? They pulled her from TV, moved her. Lawler may be following suit. Now, they, I mean, they're gone from the company or just from that pre-show thing? She told Jim Ross that she is still under a Legends deal but is no longer with WWE full-time as a personality. Hmm. Uh. Who, did, who were they replaced with? Uh, apparently, Jonathan Coachman is angling for it. Uh, if it's somebody like Coach, I can see it. I mean, if you're doing it for uh, somebody that, you know, uh, a new person, I don't know. I mean, I like I like Amy's stuff, and I've you know, always been a fan of Jerry's stuff, so I don't see why why they would take, take either one of them off unless there was, you know, 
mean, there has to be a better reason than like, hey, let's try something new because that, you know, Lita and Jerry have, have you know, they've been tried and tested for a while and they're good at what they do. So I don't know. They've had an influx of new interviewers. There's a really funny one, like a guy, I don't know what kind of experience he has in the past, but Big Show had to show him how to do his job. He's like, hey, buddy, you may want to hold this mic up. That way you can actually hear me. I know it's your first time here, but and it's like, ooh, well, they've let two really experienced people go in favor of maybe some some younger people. I don't know that that's why, but uh, they do have a lot of new faces backstage, um, which I mean, they're always doing that. They're always trying to switch that up. Yeah, you know, and too WWE, you know, especially uh, under Johnny Ace, they would always try to do youth movements and. I got in trouble one time in one of the uh, meet talent meetings, and I said, "Why don't we have a talent movement instead?" You know, because like just bringing newer young guys when we're not even sure if they're good to me was never the answer because I don't think the people care about age. I think they care about talented people. You know, I don't, I don't think they care whether you know how old AJ Styles is. You know, what what matters right yeah. now is that AJ Styles is killing it. You know, um, Matt Hardy's having the best run of his career. Yeah, Matt. Is, Fantastic right now, Matt. You know, if Matt doesn't get Wrestler of the Year this year, then then uh, I, it's got to be him and AJ in the running, of course. But yeah, man, I just say what Matt's done with the reinvention of himself and some of the stuff that they're doing. I mean, you can see uh, it's being copied by other companies uh, with some of the crazy uh, shootings, shootings as in shooting film that we're doing. Yeah, uh, man, it's just crazy as hell. And this total nonstop deletion is going to blow people away. I noticed after the contract signing that there was a hell of a lot more just like in general, a lot of, a lot more filming with drones. Like nobody thought to do that before, like in wrestling, nobody thought to utilize drones to film stuff and it it worked out great. And now the drone just got super kicked. Yeah. I saw I read that the bucks of youth with the super kick. Matt Hardy was bragging to me that it took them, took uh, them and Jeremy Borash less time to film the contract signing than it did for like EC3 and Eli Drake to film the parody. <laughs> probably, probably true. <laughs> probably true. Oh man, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Like, and Matt Hardy may be the first man to ever have a bidding war for his creative services when his career is done. Like, if WWE and TNA and all these companies aren't like all trying to get a hold of him just for his, his mind, then man, because. You look you look back at his career, he was successful in the Hardy Boys. He was successful with version 2.0. He took a really bad personal situation, got it mm-hmm. over, and got people going crazy for him. And this year, I think he's had the two best characters of the year in Big Money Matt and the the broken thing. And it's like, man, then he parlayed that from a heel run into a face run. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it just it was too entertaining to sustain uh, much longer as a heel. You know, people would just get, yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. Uh, that's a uh, a thin line to walk on when you're a heel in this business. If you get to be too entertaining, then the people are going to get behind it. So um, it's strange, like to actually be a heel, you got to find a way to. I mean, you still got to be entertaining because it, you know we're we're, we're telling stories here, but at the same time, you got to find a way to make people hate you, and that's very difficult to do without being entertaining at the same time, you know, so that's the lost start. That's the one lost start in the business is the actual heel. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there were some ideas tossed around. They run local shows out here sometime and I, and I competed on a few of them and they wanted me to do the, like the smart ass wrestling writer angle. And they wanted to say that I would delete people. And I was like, well, we didn't do that in time. That's gone. Ain't yep. nobody getting that one back now. That is, 
Matt Hardy is has taken the word delete and you can't go to a wrestling event without hearing it now. Yeah. It's it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and pretty that- pretty phenomenal. I'm I'm so excited for Total Nonstop Deletion. Thursday is usually date night with the wife, and I had to tell her ahead of time. I'm like, listen, I can usually catch some stuff on DVR. I like to be home in time for Impact. Uh, I'm making sure I'm home for Impact on uh, Total Nonstop Deletion night. Uh, there's, I'm not gonna be behind like at all on Total Nonstop Deletion. That can't happen. No, it's gonna it's gonna be good. You know we're um, we're all excited about it. You know we shot it all uh, in a couple of days down at the compound. Um, and that was good for me. I got to come home every night, you know, but I know yeah. one night I was, I mean, I didn't get home till like 3 a.m. one night, you know, and I got to be up at seven to get the kids to school. So uh, we were working our asses off down there. You know, uh, a lot of guys were doing, you know, uh, duties that were normally outside of their, um, you know, pay, pay scale or pay grade or whatever. But, you know, but nobody was complaining, man. A bunch of happy guys down there just working their ass off to, to make this thing all come together. I went to the airport to pick up a couple guys. You know, it's like, you know, I got almost 30 years in the business now. I don't need to be doing airport runs, you know, but <laughs> but nobody cared. Everybody was like, yeah, I was, yeah, I'll go get them. I, I, got my, my, I got my own car here, so I, I'll go get them real quick. Um, so uh, it's, it's going to be cool, there's, and there's going to be some good surprises. Now, Shane, before we go, tell the people where they can follow you on social media, of course. Uh, I'm pretty easy. ShaneHelms.com is everything. That's Twitter, Instagram. I'm still on Tumblr, that perverted-ass Tumblr. Um, Facebook is ShaneHelms.com, and that's because my website is ShaneHelms.com. So uh, that's everything. You know, uh, I'm going to be doing this podcast. Uh, uh, I guess we're going to set on a schedule, whatever. Whenever we're going to yeah. do it, we're going to do it. Uh, still doing Keeping It 100 with Conan and Disco on I, I, I don't even know when that actually is released, but uh, <laughs> it comes out once a week on one uh, one of the days, maybe Thursday. I don't know. Uh, and you can catch me on TNA uh, Impact. Uh, I, I think I'll be on this week, and you'll definitely catch me on Total Nonstop Deletion, which is December oh, the fifteenth. Nice. Yeah, guys, we'll we'll sort out the the technical errors. I mean, me and Shane just literally decided to hop on this last minute to record a show. Follow us at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook. You're going to be seeing some major changes. We're still keeping up the MMA, boxing, wrestling coverage. We're going to separate those a little bit more. But uh, you're still going to get all the great coverage, all the live coverage. Go register absolutely free. You'll get early access to shows like this, shows like the Thursday show with Matt Riddle, uh, columns from EC3, Deanna Perrazzo, Jason Kincaid, and our pro series, uh, forums, contests, giveaways, all that good stuff. Fightful.com is the place. You can follow me. At Sean Ross Sapp. I got that little blue check mark, so that means I am equally as famous as Shane Helms now. <laughs> yeah, but That's... my Twitter standards, you probably are. Hey, real quick, yes. though. Uh, okay, we got UFC and boxing this weekend. Yeah. Okay, so who you got in the boxing? It's Joshua and uh, Molina. Ah, uh, Joshua. Okay, easy call. We're both on that one. Uh, Holloway and Pettis. I think it's going to be Holloway. I'm, take, I'm, ta- I'm taking Holloway, too. And I'm going to take Cerrone over, over, Matt, over Brown. Matt Brown. Yeah. Although, you know, when I was doing my podcast, and I love Matt Brown. I love watching Matt Brown fight. I do too. And uh, back in 2010, I, actually, was when I was doing my Highway to Helms. And it was either 2010 or 2011. Uh, I had the joy of having the immortal Matt Brown oh, on man. my podcast. And uh, He doesn't my, give a shit, does he? He just, man, he's quiet. Like, I couldn't tell, like, if he really wanted to be on the show, but... Uh, you know, my correspondence with him back and forth was good, you know, but then he's very quiet, and I was like, I think this guy's a, a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
uh, it was hard to get some good stuff out of him because I think he was, uh, you know, uh, cutting weight and stuff. But as we both know, when you're cutting weight, it's hard to get a smile. You know, that that's yeah. just life is miserable when you're cutting weight. So, um, it's the, it's that the worst. Good. I think Cerrone's taking it. Matt Brown has a really – he's got a susceptibility to taking those body kicks. And, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it from Cerrone too, but I remember I was at the Eric Silva fight, if you remember that, which was crazy. Uh, and he fell he fell from, from like two or three different body kicks from Eric Silva, and I think that Cerrone's body kicks are much better. And yeah. 170 is the place for him. That, he that was right there. Who was that last fight when he had that four hit combo on? That was so uh, they just replayed Rick it story. over and wrecked the horror story. Yeah, that four. It looked like something out of Mortal Kombat. Like you wanted to see the little head come up. But man, that was good. Yeah, like sister. he dropped Rick Story's head down and then caught it with a head kick and sent it right back up. And Rick Story did this weird little hop. <laughs> it's like and Rick Story was like, "Yeah, this is done." Yeah, this hopped, is done. he hopped his ass right on that that fight. I gotta ask you, uh, why are you picking Holloway over Pettis? Uh, man, I, I don't know. You know, uh, Pettis just hasn't looked good to me in a while. You know, and uh, and when he has won, it's kind of been it hasn't been dominant. You know, and um, sometimes when you come in down a weight class, you know, generally you you're doing that for a reason because you you know you're not being able to compete with guys at a certain size, so you're going to go down. And there's always this belief that you're going to be better because you're going to somehow be, you know, bigger than the guys you're going. To. But that's not always the case, you know. That his first fight wasn't that easy, and um, yeah. And Holloway's a little bastard, man. <laughs> he's a, oh yeah. He, he's he's fierce. He's going to be nonstop, and uh, you know, Pettis Pettis gets taken down e- easily, you know. I mean, and so. He's going to have to deal with a guy that's just in his face, man, like a damn you know, bus saw, like a little dragonfly just all over him. And I don't know. I think Pettis, man, at one time he was as dynamic as they come. And I, I don't know what happened. You know, maybe, you know, just sometimes with guys you lose the eye of the tiger. And, and that happens to a lot. It happens to a lot. Usually it happens a little bit older, you know. It definitely happened to me. I used to be a damn animal. And now I just want to sit home and eat ice cream, you know. So I don't have that killer instinct. And I definitely know I don't, you know. So. That's why I stay home, so I don't get in trouble anymore. But you can see it in Misha Tate. It's not there anymore. You know, you can see it in Brock after he had that, uh, not the last fight, but when he had the diverticulitis. Um, in the, the two fights after that, you can just see that sometimes there's a hollowness in the eyes, something that just ain't quite there anymore. And um, that's what it seems like. You know, even in his interviews, the confidence isn't there. He's kind of like, yeah, if I get back to how I used to be, and it's like, what do you mean if, yeah. motherfucker? You need to know. You need to be there or not. And if you don't have that confidence, like, you know, to, to, to be a fighter and to be any kind of world-class competitor, you know, you got to have an ass-load amount of confidence. You cannot go in there, you know, hoping for the best. You got to go in there knowing that you're going to whip somebody's ass, especially in a fight game. So, I, and, I don't know. And Max Holloway, as you mentioned, uh, man, he hasn't lost since that McGregor fight. Pettis has won one of his last four fights. I don't think a guy winning one of his last four fights should be in an interim title fight. Period. Well, he's got uh, he's got a name he's got a name value, you know. And uh, yes. MMA is definitely coming down to that. Uh, they playing that pro wrestling game a little bit, where the name value matters a little bit. And I, I, I get that because it's a business, you know. You got to be selling tickets to keep the pump the company going. So uh, 
I get that. You know, I don't hate it. I don't hate that he's in that thing. But uh, the only interim champion I hate now, or whatever, I, I think the uh, ESPN called uh, Aldo the undisputed interim champion. Oh. And I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> no, oh. they called him the undisputed champion when there's an interim championship fight. That might, be the most, weekend. that might be the most accurate description of Aldo, though. Because he was gifted the title after he got knocked out for 13 seconds, but he's the yeah. undisputed champion. I don't know. That might be the way to go yeah. about it. These Pettis and Holloway have similar dimensions as well. I know that Pettis has a little bit of reach on him, but yeah. I think that Holloway has a more rounded out game, even though Pettis is a more dynamic striker. I think it's going to be a good main event. still wish we had that Cormier Johnson fight, though. That's a bummer that we lost that. But uh, That's a huge bummer. And too, the dynamic striker thing, that's still playing off that cage kick against Benson Henderson, which was how many yeah. years ago? And Benson Henderson well, he looks like shit these days. So, I mean, that's how yeah. far removed that kick really is. And they still show that kick it's, in his highlights, and it always will. But is he still that dynamic striker? Because I haven't seen anything that dynamic in a while. He's done some Kipora kicks or whatever they're called. Uh, but, yeah, Ben Henderson said he's been fighting with a torn ACL. Which I wouldn't be surprised, but Benson Henderson I just been fighting with a whooped ass is what he's been fighting. Yes, exactly. Also on the show, Tim Kennedy, Kelvin Gastelum, Cub Swanson, Duho Choi, uh, Nikita Krylov versus Misha Serkinov is a really underrated fight. Um, Zach Makovsky, Dustin Ortiz is another good one. So lots to talk about for the UFC 206 card. Uh, when we've got podcasts all weekend, we uh, me and Showdown Joe, Showdown Joe will be there. Of course, our website runs out of Toronto, so we better have somebody there. Uh, Shane, anything you want to tell the people before we go? Uh, that's about it, man. Uh, I'm getting my studio set up because I'm in a new location, so uh, this isn't quite the studio setup I had when I was doing my podcast. Uh, and anything y'all want to do, any questions, we'll answer them all. Right now, I'll plug this book just because it's on my desk. This is the Grappler from the Mask Grappler. It actually belongs, nice. to, it belongs to Tommy Dreamer. The grappler signed it, gave it to him, and Tommy Dreamer let me borrow it, and I never gave it back. Oh, damn. If Bubba Ray no, Dudley I mean, were here, he would, he would say, well, if you gave it back to Tommy, he would eat it. So, But I've been meaning to give it back. I just haven't seen it. It hasn't like I've intentionally not given it back. It just happened. But uh, that's it, man. So, and also, I got the Star-Lord. Now, wait a minute. That Death Star. Different star. Can we zoom in on that shit? Anybody you need to upgrade that cam quality. We're, we're going to get that fixed. That's old work. school, man. Jim Stalin. Shit. That's my stuff. That's what you I did. I did the painting man. in the background. That's all Jim Stalin artwork. Oh, this? Oh, that's a Jeff Hardy background. I was about to ask if it was Jeff's. Uh, let me see here. Boom. Yep. Nice. It looks like the Living Tribunal. It was a housewarming gift. Nice. Yeah. So you can check out some of the artwork on, on my thing. Yeah, that looks good. Little mock boxing poster for the wedding. Oh That's yeah, how we did get you, down. Did you do the job? I did. Yeah, I did. Hey, I'm doing the job. Ah. I'm doing that, guys. Job we're out. Time. We will be back next week. Send us questions on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, register at Fightful.com. Post on our forums. Let people know that Shane is a part of the Fightful.com Pro Series in the family. Guys, we are out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.